In my experience, conversations are best had with a glass of whiskey. Join me, Alan Kogan, as I engage in meaningful discussions while enjoying a glass of my favorite spirit. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. Grant and I have been wanting to talk about this issue for a long time. And we both have honest thoughts and questions and think that it's an important topic to, to flesh out, especially given the rise in violence and um, this, the horrible suicide rate among those who identify as transgender. When this movie or this, this documentary came out, uh, it stirred some pots. Now, I'm going to be 100% transparent about this. I'm not a fan of Daily Wire. I'm not a, I haven't been a fan of Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh for a long time. Um, I think they sometimes make good points. I, I don't disagree with them on every you know system of thought that they have. But I really have an issue with how they go about it. And it kind of plays into that, you know political hackery uh, condescension where they just kind of, you know, own the libs. Left or right, I think this 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 journalism or this attempt at journalism this is is perverted and it's 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 ruined our discourse to a degree that I can't even begin to explain. But uh the Daily Wire uh decided to produce a uh, documentary that that was largely written and and uh, put forth by Matt Walsh, one of their commentators. It wasn't directed by him or or edited by him or any of that stuff. And I I don't know the names of the people to give them credit, but but it's Matt Walsh's documentary. He's the face of it. And to, to his credit, he's he's very good at what he does. He's very eloquent. He's very you know, able to carry on a debate and a conversation about certain issues. But the problem is that he's always done it from a, a sense of of moral authority. You know, he, he trounces around as this this Christian conservative guy who, you know, believes in the truth. And you know, that's not to say that faith or conservatism is inherently bad, but when you present yourself in a way that makes it almost offensive to, to the other side, where you automatically are in, in, uninterested in actually having a, a discussion or a debate um, that, that makes it tough. And I don't, even if I agree with him on a lot of things that he says at the core of, of my values, uh, I don't think he's going about it the, the right way. I think he's, I think he's actually digging his argument further in the hole and, and, and emboldening the other side more so than, than he'd like to think. The topic of transgenderism has become so divisive and so hot button. And when he announced that he was doing this documentary called What is a Woman? I thought it was interesting that the marketing play was simply just asking people on the street, experts, medical professionals, etc. The, the simple question, what is a woman? And... And I haven't watched it yet. This is I'm just recording this little intro for this for this specific video essay or podcast essay about the the, the movie. But I, I was I was like, okay, well, this is going to be a, a massive troll piece and just a hit piece on 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 leftist ideology and 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 atta further attacking the LGBTQ uh, group. But then I read the reviews, and for the most part. A lot of critics have 
called it, you know, actually pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting and pretty well done. And that Matt, Matt Walsh himself actually does a, a, a pretty good job at, at, of just staying in the middle, staying asking, you know, questions that are just basic questions to find out answers about certain things. And his whole point, and I've seen a couple of trailers that is to let their argument hang themselves, right? So he's not going to try and push back on things. He's going to let them just kind of say things. And if it's, if it's crazy or if it, if it, if it sounds kind of bonkers, then he lets them just suffocate themselves with that information. He doesn't, uh, you know, come out, come out like a, a swinging to own the libs per se. Now he does in subsequent videos where he talks about his, his documentary and, and you can find a bunch of videos on YouTube of him pointing to his own work and saying, see, look how dumb they are. And I don't think that's the right way to go about this. And the Daily Wire has become very good at belittling anyone who disagrees with them. And I mean, and that, that's not exclusive to the Daily Wire. That's exclusive to anybody in politics right now. And it's, it's ex excruciatingly frustrating, but I digress. I'm about to go watch this documentary and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to I'm going to opine on my, th you know, give my thoughts on the documentary, tell you a little bit about it, tell you if it's worth watching. And then I'm going to kind of springboard off of that into my own thoughts and, and trepidations and issues and questions and, and hope for the transgender topic. Um, because I do think it's important. I do think that these people who, uh, you know, identify within that crowd need to be taken care of and, what that looks like, I think, is 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 up in the air right now, and I think that we need to enter this conversation with compassion. And I, I think if that includes listening to other voices, other perspectives, um, we have to do that because we're not going to move anywhere. We're not going to move any needle on any of these issues anytime soon <laughs> if we don't learn to, you know, sit down and enjoy a glass of scotch and disarm the conversation and just realize that we're all human beings in this, you know, interesting experiment that we call life. And if we can't like learn to harmonize together and just, and just treat each other with respect, that's a problem. Um, but we also have to come to an agreement on what, you know, what truths are, what, what, what reality is and make sure that we're not feeding into some, you know, crazy ideas on either side of the aisle. Uh, and I'll get more into that and I'll, I, I think this documentary will help, help me springboard into, um, this issue. So anyway, uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. If you do, please like, share, subscribe, subscribe. Um, this video is going to be on our Patreon exclusively so you can watch this video of me talking to a camera. Um, uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, otherwise, uh, this audio will be available on all podcast platforms. So please do me a favor and find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. Uh, and give us a listen, give us a like, share our content. Uh, there's more coming. We have more planned. I'm going to go uh, learn what is a woman from the Daily Wire. <laughs> yeah, a trans woman is a woman. With the fluidity of these things, how do I know if, if I'm a woman? You know, I, I, That's a great I like. question. I like scented candles. And yeah. I've watched Sex and the City. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how do I know? Yeah, Matt, that question right there, like that question is 
like when it's asked with a lot of curiosity, right? That's the beginning of a lot of people's like gender identity development journeys. If my mom who gave birth to me is a woman mm-hmm. and my wife is a woman, um, though I haven't asked her, maybe I should. Um, but if they're all women and also the boy who sits down with you and says, I, I think I'm a girl actually is one, then, then what is a woman? Mm. Great question. I'm not a woman, so I, <laughs> I can't really answer that. Yes. What is a woman? The question of the hour. The documentary is not bad. It's not, uh, it's not perfect. It's not a cinematic, groundbreaking art by any means. Um, and I, I think it, it, it's a disservice to the, the content and the arguments being made by Matt Walsh and uh, the people he's interviewing that it was done by The Daily Wire and Matt Walsh himself. I think you you enter into this documentary with a preconceived notion if you know who Matt Walsh and the Daily Wire are. Uh, you know, they, they are these conservative pundits who, again, traffic in political hackery and <laughs> condescension. And it's, it's very difficult for me to sometimes take them seriously because they, they at some points in the documentary, Matt actually seems like he's genuinely curious about certain issues. But then at other points, he's asking questions that are very pointed and very calculated and obviously looking to either get an argument or uh, get, a, get a gotcha answer out of the, the people that he's interviewing. However, the documentary is well done. It's, it's eloquent. It's, it, it gets the point across, and it, it really focuses in on the, the, the issues surrounding children and education and, and how we're going about that conversation. So I think it's a good starting point. But I'm going to separate two of the the debates right now. There are two sides to this coin that that I've been consistent on when I talk to my friends and family and, 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 and so forth about this issue. That there's the people who are, uh, you know, fully competent, coherent, uh, decision-making adults who have the right, I believe, have the right to wear, become, transition, identify as whatever they want to, so long as it doesn't hurt someone else, so long as it doesn't impose or infringe upon my personal rights or my personal freedoms. Uh, I I will fight to the death for your freedom or their freedom to, you know, identify as whatever gender they prefer uh, and, and use whatever pronouns they want. And if I'm in a room with them and we're having dinner or I meet them or whatever and they they, they want me to use certain pronouns or uh, maybe their name changed since the last time I saw them, um, I will abide happily because I, I want that person to be happy. I'm not going to purposefully go out of my way to either dead name or to, to misgender or, or use the incorrect pronouns. I think that's just rude. Um, but if the question's about like biology in the classroom and hormone therapy for children who are under the age of 18 or sometimes as young as four, six, or eight, I think that's a different conversation that needs to be had. I think the transgender movement and the fight for those civil rights needs to address those issues. And in between all of this is sports because you might have someone who's 18 years old or uh, older who can 
decide willingly to transition and to, to do these things. And then the question now is, are they able to compete in the same level of sports? Do they have a disadvantage or an advantage because of their makeup biologically? Uh, within this documentary, Matt Walsh actually plays a montage of all of these women in different sports just crushing the other women um, because they, they are trans women. They, they used to be men, biologically still are. And the argument scientifically is that the bone density is stronger, muscle tissue is stronger, et cetera. So if, even if you transition from um, uh, man to woman and then you fight within women's sports, you're still going to crush the competition. Um, but there are outliers and there are, there are caveats. And I think that that research and that data needs to be judiciously looked into. If the trans community and, and, and its allies are serious about having this conversation, they need to, and, and if they're going to say that there's no difference, uh, like a trans woman is a woman, well, then you need to have the proof that shows that they aren't just going to go in there and, and just kick ass, because then it becomes a question of being fair. Just because you're identifying and transition to look like a, a different gender doesn't mean you biologically are that gender. But then when you say that, you're labeled transphobic. And what I really want to do right now is I just want to pose the question. I'm not saying yes or no. I'm not saying there's a, I have an answer. I'm not saying that we should ban all people who are transgender. I'm not saying we should let them all in. I, I'm saying let's have a discussion. This isn't the same as you know, race, racial segregation or, or, or sexual orientation. This is, this is a very, very new concept that is unique to the, the Western world. And people have questions. People who are, you know, in their late 80s, early 100s, who literally just swallowed the pill of gay marriage and swallowed the pill of, of our, our first black president, they, they don't know what to do with themselves. And I think we have to honestly look at each other and say, hey, there are people within our country who have different sets of values, and that doesn't make them bad people. It mean, it makes them a product of their atmosphere, and we, we should do our best rather than belittle them or call them bigots or racists or transphobes. We have to make sure we, we extend that olive branch and say, all right, let me try to explain it to you in a way that, that makes sense to you, and then go from there. The conversation on either side of this issue has not been compassionate or empathetic. As much as the people on the left would like to be believe that they are the ones who are trying to be inclusive, they're actively disincluding those who are questioning their motives and, and the policies and the actions. And people on the right are also not approaching this with empathy or compassion because there, there have been people who have made some questionable comments and who, who d don't know how to address this issue without kind of coming off as a almost a Daily Wire pundit political hack because, you know, it's like men are men, women are women. It's like, okay, maybe, but that's, and even if I agree with that, uh, that statement, that statement doesn't really help push the conversation forward because you still have to live in the same society as, as the, as these people. If these people believe in, in their heart of hearts that, uh, trans women are women, that once you identify as something that is different than your birth sex, you are then that new gender. If they actually believe that to, the, to their core, we need to figure out a way to live with them and coexist and figure out the rules of life to make sure that we're all being taken care of properly.
And mental health is a big part of this too. And, and Matt Walsh goes into a little bit about that with so different therapy, therapists and uh, pediatricians and, and doctors in which he asks about, you know, how do you, how do you address the gender dysmorphia within this problem? There's actually inter an interesting stat that he, that they brought up um, that most uh, suicides occur seven to 10 years after transitioning. So, and we, we know the data is, is there as far as, you know, uh, suicide rates. 40% is the number. 40% of those who identify as having gender dysmorphia or being trans, transgender, 40% of them have committed suicide. Uh, that number does not get lower after transition. So there's something that we're not addressing here, and it's not just it's not just society being a bully. It's not just people online being mean. That there there's more to it than that. Forty percent is massive, um, but social media is a massive part of this too. So uh, I'll just wrap up this part of this with saying that the Daily Wire did a good job. It's I I, I recommend watching it. Unfortunately, you do have to go through a paywall. Uh, it's only available on the Daily Wire's website. I think that's a shame. I wish I wish it was done by anyone but the Daily Wire. I think that I think that the, it, it it taints the content. I think Matt Walsh, while he's eloquent and he's I think he's a smart guy. I, I don't think that he's this evil conservative trying to just destroy people's lives. He is a political pundit. He's a commentator on the Daily Wire, and he knows his audience, and he's playing to that. Uh, I can't fault him for that, but I think it it, it does it does harm. To the content that he's presenting and it's not helping the conversation when you have people who are already you know preconceived as a an enemy to the movement or to the, to the transgender topic so uh, i'll stop there daily wire did a good job i recommend it uh what is a woman um i would go into it with an open mind an open heart and 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 uh, address these issues kind of one by one and see you know where where you fall on and 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 see how uh how it might have changed or not changed your mind at what age can a child first begin to transition into another gender or identify themselves as a gender different from how they were born yeah well i mean there's there's research and data that show that um, babies and infants um, understand differences in gender some children figure out their gender really early. And the reason why we are say, oh, that's, that's interesting or important is because they're figuring out their gender identity is not necessarily congruent with their sex assigned at birth. When the, when the doctor sees the penis and says, this is a male, has the sex of male, that's an arbitrary distinction? Telling that family, based on that little penis, that your child is absolutely 100% male-identified no matter what else occurs in their life, that's not correct. One of the parts of this topic that I will not bend on, that my, I myself have been very staunch about, is that I don't think it's right for parents to subject their children to hormone therapy or puberty blockers or, or any of that stuff, let alone surgery. If your kid wants to dress up a certain way, play with certain toys, whatever, and if you if you want to raise them in a more gender neutral atmosphere where you're not, you know, subscribing to the traditional society of like, you know, boys wear blue and play with army men, 
that's fine. I, I don't I don't think that's wrong. I, I think it's completely okay for us to get away from, you know, women work in the kitchen and, and all those you know, those sexist traditional gender roles that, that sometimes, you know, <laughs> can, can pollute what we expect of people. But that's a, that's a different conversation than actually subjecting your 8-year-old or your 12-year-old or your 16-year-old to, uh, you know, a breast reduction, uh, giving them Lupron, a drug which is used to chemically castrate people who are in prison for predatory crimes. You're you're blocking their home or their their puberty hormones, and in we have no data on how this all plays out. We have not. There's not even remotely enough data points to show the effects on blocking hormones in young adults or young children at an early age and seeing how it plays out down the road. We don't know how that, it, does it does it cause cancer? Does it cause infection? Does it cause weakness? There were a couple stories in the, the documentary that I, I haven't vetted. I don't know the, the validity of them, but I'm going to take them at face value for the sake of this. Uh, a couple of people have had infections. Uh, uh, there, had, there was a, one report of a young woman getting osteoporosis at the age of, I think it was like 17 or 18. Osteoporosis is an, an old person arthritis thing. And it, it's, a, it's a testament to what can happen to your bones if you're, if you're not getting the correct hormones from your body naturally and you're, you're blocking that with drugs, your bones aren't able to form properly. And now your, your bone density is low and you have arthritis. And that scares me. And saying, saying this shouldn't be transphobic, saying these things and questioning what we're doing to our children should not be transphobic, should not be seen as anti-transgender. It should not be seen as me telling someone that they can't identify or be who they are or love who, or, or love who they want. That's not the point of this. The, the, the largest point in this documentary is questioning the, what we're doing and subjecting to our children. I would thank you all for allowing me to speak to you tonight, but you tried not to allow it, yet here I am. Now, you only give us 60 seconds, so let me get to the point. You are all child abusers. You prey upon impressionable children and indoctrinate them into your insane ideological cult, a cult which holds many fanatical views, but none so deranged as the idea that boys are girls and girls are boys. By imposing this vile nonsense on students to the point even of forcing young girls to share locker rooms with boys, you deprive these kids of safety and privacy and something more fundamental too, which is truth. If education is not grounded in truth, then it is worthless. Worse, it is poison. You are poison. You are predators. I can see why you try to stop us from speaking. You know that your ideas are indefensible. You silence the opposing side because you have no argument. You can only hide under your beds like pathetic little gutless cowards hoping we shut up and go away. But we won't. I promise you that. Thank you for your time, and I'll talk to you again very, very soon. There's a different conversation to be had about the Caitlyn Jenners of the world, the Elliot Pages of the world. That's a separate issue. I, I believe that they have the right to, as consenting adults, to make those choices and to be who they want to be and love who they love, and, and, and I will fight to the death to protect their individual liberty to do that. But I will not stand by and, and be quiet on uh, doctors and parents subjecting children to one of the most egregious experiments in our in our modern times, it's it's just gross, and I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to get that across to people who are so ingrained in the transgender ideology that you know, oh, 
it's it, you, you're you're transphobic or we have to give this gender affirmation therapy at an early age to make sure xyz but here's the problem social media has been so pervasive in our lives social media has just destroyed how we communicate with each other and what we what we consider a sense of community i remember growing up as a kid i didn't have i had my myspace for a minute but it was not what it is what we have today right i don't know i i actually i do know i i know i would not have turned out the same if i had nothing but tiktok and reels and instagram just to stare at and scroll through all day every day when i wasn't either at school or at work my being on social media it has become an identity for some of these kids. And a lot of these kids, like myself when I was young, have confidence issues. They don't know where they fit in. They don't know who they like. They don't know what they want to do when they grow up. Maybe there are kids out there who don't like playing with dolls, but you know, their parents who might be from a different generation or their grandparents might be from a different generation are saying, well, you're a girl. You should play with Barbies. Well, I don't want to play with Barbies, and and I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to find a bunch of people who are, are who are kind and fun and have cool hair, and you know, there's guys wearing makeup, and, and I can be whatever I want to be because it makes me happy. And I think there's something to that. I think you have the right to be happy, of course, but at what point is social media actually facilitating more of a a toxicity and 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 almost like a cult like following of people and you're making things more so a fad because i think the people who are jumping on this transgender train and identifying and wearing you know wearing makeup or or growing a beard or taking hormones etc at a young age they're doing so to fit in the people online are providing a solution to all of your problems and it's like hey maybe Maybe the reason why you don't feel comfortable in your own body is because, you know, maybe it's because you you actually are more effeminate or you're more masculine than you thought. And I think those type of people who get roped into these communities, who find these communities and these like-minded people online, who, who and then and then and they sit in that echo chamber and just hear their own ideas bounce back and forth, and and it's confirmation bias, right? You have this one thought you're confused, you go online, they say, yeah, you are confused, join us. Now you're not confused. I think that's toxic. And I think that does a disservice to actual people who are actually gender dysmorphic, who actually need mental health help. And whether that mental health assistance is in actual transitioning, which it very well might be, maybe there is, there, you know, there's an actual need for you to transition and feel comfortable in your body, or people who just need to be, you know, talked off the ledge from taking irreversible, you know, hormone therapy and 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 uh, cosmetic surgery. I think there's nothing wrong with us questioning how we're going about treating this issue, and I I find it very very disheartening to 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 watch the response of this documentary, which I, again I, I I get it's it's done by the Daily Wire, it's done by a conservative outlet, it's done by Matt Walsh, who's been uh, no ally of the LGBTQ community. I get that. But if you take the content and, and the information at face value, you have to be able to have a conversation about those things. One of the things they, talk, they, they, they brought up in the documentary was uh, referencing a, a 2018 Canadian law that made it 
legal for children to get gender-affirming uh, hormone therapy without the consent of their parents. Uh, a, a child could go to their doctor, say, I feel this way, or I, I want to identify this way, and the doctor would then prescribe if the doctor felt it was okay, given the person's state, uh, puberty blockers. And there's a, this, this father that Matt Walsh talks to on, on the phone who's out on bail, who was arrested for misgendering his daughter, and he tried to block with an injunction the, the doctor providing these puberty blockers to his, his daughter. And he got arrested and served time in jail. Because on top of the law that allows kids to go and, and get these, uh, these treatments from their doctors without their parents' consent, there's also a law that prohibits the misgendering of people and labels the misgendering of someone as violence. So now we're censoring things. And obviously that's Canada. But the fear is it could come here. That, that's where that ideology leads to. And if, if the people who are an ally and, and part of the LGBTQ community can't eloquently provide you know, information or conversation within their argument, if they can't make a good argument, then what, what are you doing? You're not helping your case. I don't think it's right for us to censor people. In fact, there was a, 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 a Dr. Phil clip that Matt Walsh uh, showed that he was on with two transgender people uh, to having a conversation, and Dr. Phil facilitated it as well as he could. Um, but at the end of the episode, they said that uh, because these two transgender uh, persons were on the stage, they felt threatened and and they felt uh, trauma from this conversation. And, and that led to CBS and Hulu pulling that Dr. Phil episode off of their platforms in fear of of, of the transgender mob, or at least the people who claim to be allies of the transgender community. And I think that's, that's not, that's not helping. That's, that, that's not, that's not how we should engage in conversations. We, we should be willing to have uncomfortable, uncomfortable uh, discussions. And I think that's, that's one of the things that, that Matt Walsh does well in this documentary is that he asks uncomfortable uh, questions that, that make the people of that community think or not think. They kind of dig their heels. There's a lot of times they don't even answer. They're just like, well, you know, whatever. And you could see, you could look at it through the lens of him being argumentative and trying to, you know, make something interesting and entertaining for a documentary's uh, purpose within a conservative group. Obviously, there, there's, there are things in there that he does do that. Um, but for the most part, he he's asking these questions and, and, and letting, letting those people discuss in their own way and a lot of times their arguments just come off as flat or unconvincing, unpersuasive. And it's, it's sad to see the fact that they've actually never been challenged. And that's a problem. Unchallenged ideas aren't good ideas. You, a good idea is gone through several, several bouts of vetting and questioning and discussing. Um, and that's not part of that isn't denying the personhood or the rights of, of, of life to the human being behind the transgender issue, right? We have to be careful how we do this. We have to be careful and eloquent in how we 
go about this. My, my mantra has always been that belittlement is not a, an effective way to do this. You, you, can't, you can't honestly engage in a proper conversation with someone if you're starting out of the gates by calling them, you know, a man or a woman, misgendering them, using incorrect pronouns, et cetera, et cetera. There are cer certain things we have to, uh, you know, compromise on. Maybe, you know, when I go home and I, I think of someone who's transgender, I, I might think, well, you know, eh, not, not for me, whatever, teach their own. But if you're going to militantly go online and, and bash and belittle people, whether, whatever side you're on, you're not doing a good job. You're not, you're not helping the case. You're not helping promote uh, equality at all. You're actively counterproducing what you want. What's the, what's the youngest patient that you've operated on? The youngest patient I've done vaginoplasty on um, is age 16. Do you worry that minors just don't understand enough about themselves? They're not neurologically developed enough yet to make permanent life-altering decisions? Absolutely not. One of the main themes in this documentary is seeking truth and, and, and understanding reality. A lot of times Matt will go into a conversation asking about, you know, how someone might identify at what age they'll identify. And he actually brings up to one of the, uh, the medical professionals, the comparison of Santa. And that if, if it is true that a young person can have the capacity to identify as a different gender than the sex they were given at birth, then you know, we are, is that a rational choice? Is that a rational, you know, uh, decision or is it an imagination, imaginative part or do they just maybe not, they don't, they're not old enough to understand. And he brings up Santa Claus and in, in, in the fact that young people believe Santa Claus delivers presents to, you know, billions of houses across the world in one night. And he's, you know, this magical guy who has flying reindeer. And the medical professional says, well, yes, that's, that's true to them. And, it's like, okay, well, but it's not actually true. It's, it's, well, yeah, but it's their reality, but it's not the reality. And this is a, a common thread that Matt kind of poses to these people is that there isn't my truth or your truth. There is the truth. And if we're looking at the transgender argument, if, if, if we're going to say that trans men are men and trans women are women, um, Biologically, that's not true, right? Uh, biology determines your sex, and I think I think everyone within the transgender community agree with that. That that sex is biological, based on chromosomes, your DNA. Um, and there's actually a, a someone who is a transgendered uh, person in this documentary who who says, you know, in two thousand years, if they dig up my bones, they're going to see that I. I'm a trend. I'm, I'm a. I'm a woman. There won't be any transgender within my DNA. It's just I am a woman, even though I look today like and and, and sound like and act like and 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 uh, identify as a man. You know the DNA doesn't lie, and paleontologists are are going to see just one clear image of what the sex of this person was. I think that's an interesting argument. Um. But what the transgender community wants is for us to, especially in sports and just in general conversation, that, that if you are a trans woman who has transitioned from man to woman, 
you are a woman. You're the same as a woman who was born biologically female. And that's that's the reality that Matt Walsh is questioning because it leads to weird questions that we've seen in in, in like in the Supreme Court justice hearing of, for Kentenji Jackson Brown. She famously was asked, what is a woman? Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? This is this is a tough thing to discuss without coming across as cold or or transphobic, right? Without being labeled that way. And I think it's really important for those who, at least the friends who I have who identify in certain ways, to hear this and and, and understand that there there might be a communication problem. Because there was just another hearing where they were being asked about uh, pregnant men. I want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. Would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, There are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's a. We can recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is is that the core of this this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, <laughs> um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing them. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I'm one, I want to note that one out of five transgender pr- uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my us, line of questioning. Because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying dangerous. that trans people exist by asking Are you? you if you're talking Are you? about women Are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think women can get <laughs> so. You pregnant. are denying that trans people like this, thing. and that leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're at, opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time questioning. in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet you might learn a lot. Can men can men get pregnant? And the answer was yes. There are men who transitioned from being woman who still have the parts to produce a baby but identify as a man and dress like a man and have, you know, aspects of being a a, a male who are able to deliver a baby. Now, is that a man giving birth or is it a woman? Well, biologically, it's a woman. We we need to agree on that reality. If we're going to go down this this rabbit hole of, of, of labeling gender as solely a social construct, that gender is just how you portray yourself. Okay. I can accept that, but I won't accept us redefining biology and, 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 and sex and whatnot within the classroom. I won't, I won't allow that to, to, per, uh, to permeate into uh, you know, young children and, and mental health and, and yeah, you know, gender-affirming therapy for young children. 
I think there's there's a better way to go about this. And there's a lot of answers that we need before we can just go on willy-nilly with just like everyone can be whatever they want to be. And that's another question they bring up too that I, I don't I don't personally think is very effective, but it's the slippery slope argument, right? What is the threshold to identify? Can I tomorrow say I'm a woman and then walk into a woman's locker room, maybe wearing a dress, but change into a swimming suit, my male parts hanging all over the place, and that's okay? Is that okay for me to do that? The extreme side of the transgender argument would say yes, and I think that's wrong. I think we have to look at, you know, what is... <laughs> What is the, the, the line in the sand? I think there is something to be said about privacy. And, you know, if, if someone does identify as a woman, well, how long have they identified as a woman? Are they, do they actually identify as a woman? Well, who are you to tell me my truth? See, this is where, this is where the logical train starts to derail, right? Because if we're going to give each other our own truths, and my truth is I identify as a woman right now. Right now on this podcast, I'm a woman. And you must call me by my name, Matilda, and you must call me they, them, or she, her. If I can make that demand and then tomorrow walk into a locker room at the gym and, and I get, let's say I get, I get uh, told on by someone in the locker room and the front desk comes and says, hey, what's going on? And I say, whoa, 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 whoa. I identify as a woman. You can't legally make me leave here. What's the, you know, what's the process there? Is that person now transphobic? Am I transphobic for saying this, this whole hypothetical? I think it's a valid question to ask, and I think there needs to be a discussion. And maybe there should be more non-binary bathrooms or options. Okay, fine. Should we have unisex bathrooms? Should we have unisex locker rooms? Should there be co-ed locker rooms? I don't think that's right. I think people want privacy. I think want people want their own space. Um, and that goes double for you know middle school, high school ages. I I, I think we have to be careful about how we go forward in, in in this conversation on both sides. There is a lot of content to unpack. There's a, this is one of the most nuanced topics of our time. And for this to be played up as a partisan talking point where you know, the Democrats are going to be on your side, the Republicans are not on your side. I think it's a shame. It's a disservice to people who are within this community because I, I do think that there is something here to be addressed. I think that it's 1,000% fair for someone to have questions about what it means to be transgender and what the outcome might or might not be, especially within sports, especially within, you know, hormone therapy for children. I don't want us to get to a point where we're just letting things happen without asking questions. I think, I think culture thrives on us pushing back and having doubt but when we have those questions and when we push back, we can't do so in a disrespectful way. So when I say that, hey, I'm not cool with hormone therapy for young children. I believe it's child abuse. I can't use that and then point to someone who's transgender, let's say like Caitlyn Jenner and say, or Elliot Page and say, 
you know, they're wrong and they're gross. There's a difference there. There's a, there's a, there, people need to take what I'm saying with better faith. Know that I'm not trying to attack the transgender community by calling questions to use the use of drugs and the, the this money, you know, follow the money uh, cycle to big pharma and, and the, the sales of Lupron and these other hormone therapy treatments. It's a it's a multi-million dollar industry in transitioning young young adults, and that's frustrating to me. That doesn't mean I'm not on the side of Elliot Page doing whatever the hell he wants, right? But I also don't believe that Elliot Page has the right to dictate what I say, nor should the government dictate. So if I called Elliot by their former name, being Ellen, Ellen Page, the, the actress who starred in Juno, if I say that and then I use her she pronouns, the only consequences I the, excuse me, the only consequences that I should face are societal, right? People saying, hey man, that's not cool, and you know, the court of public opinion would then kind of force me into a, either an apology or whatever, or, or maybe not. But, but there should be never, never be any kind of legal or governmental action. There should never be any kind of uh, free speech uh, infringement on that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I should just be an asshole to be an asshole. That's one of the most important responsibilities of free speech is treating people with respect. You can walk down the street and yell, you know, the F word and, and the C word and whatever at people all you want. Right, you can you could say, "Hey, you're you're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. You're a dick. Whatever. Goodbye. Ha ha ha!" And flip everyone off. And and y you have the complete right to do that. But you don't have you don't have the right to not like the response to it because, or you, you do have the right to not like the response, but you don't have the right to censor the response to it. Right? You, they have the right to come back at you. And if you're going to be a dick just to be a dick because freedom of speech, that's not right. That's not how we should address this issue. So if people need to be on their own good behavior and say, okay, well, Elliot identifies this way and is using this name, cool. No skin off my back. I don't care. I, as long as they are happy, as long as you know their mental health is good, as long as they're, they're, they're receiving the treatment and the things that they need and they have a good support group around them, cool. I don't care. But the minute that you allow an 8-year-old or or a 12-year-old to do that to themselves without having enough understanding of what the what the repercussions are of giving these young children these drugs and these this gender affirming therapy, I think it's wrong. And those two things are are different topics. I won't be able to opine or eloquently go through every single aspect of transgender rights or issues within this podcast. It's not possible. All I wanted to do was highlight that there is a different perspective out there. There are questions that need to be asked and, and answered. And I think that the, the biggest issue is learning to communicate with each other, having the humility to look at yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I believe this thing. And I might believe it is it is the right thing. I feel like I have the moral authority on this. I I believe that that you know X Y Z fine. But look at yourself in the mirror and say, well, maybe I haven't done a good job at helping my side actually get to where I want them to get to, which is loved and cared for.
people exist who are transgender. People who identify as male or female, it doesn't matter to me. Their gender nor their sex matter to me. What matters is that they're cared for and they're taken care of and they're listened to. But part of that relationship is also listening to those who have questions. Listen, listening to those who are pointing to concerning uh, data points and evidence that this is doing more harm than good to children. Having that conversation without pointing a finger and saying, hey, you're a bigot or you're a transphobe. We have to be better about this. I'm on the side of liberty. I'm on the side of personal individual freedom. I will fight to the death to, to, to protect that right. But I have questions. I have hesitations. I have, I have issues that I want answered. I, have, I still don't really know where I fall in the sports debate. I think that's an interesting conversation that we'll probably have. And that needs to be had. And that dialogue needs to stay open. It's more important than ever right now, especially with our political climate, our social climate, our economy in the tank, that we love one another and we listen and open our arms and hearts to each other rather than belittle and, 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 and make downtrodden statements about each other. I urge you to listen to different perspectives, do some research, and listen to what others have to say and do your best to, to, to fight your fight in the most good faith way. Because we will not progress, we won't, if we can't figure out how to harmoniously live together and to, and to coexist. If you think Matt Walsh is this massive bigot who is anti-trans because you've watched his videos on YouTube and you know that he's, he's not on your side, fine. Keep watching him. Because there are millions of people who follow him and who like him and who agree with him. Just as they do, you have to come together and figure out how to coexist and work with them and commune with them. I'm speaking to the people within the transgender community because I think the messaging is off on your side more. I think you're losing the argument. And it, it, <laughs> if, if the, the last couple months and the last year of this administration has shown anything, our country is more divided on these issues than we ever thought they were. And it's of utmost importance that we go into this with good faith, with an open ear, an open heart, and do what we can to secure individual liberty, but also protect our children. What side do you want to be on? The side that actually attempts to have conversation? The side that actually wants to listen to different perspectives. The side that wants to prevent censorship of ideas. Allowing all of the ideas at the table so we can hash it out and, and find the best solution to our problems. Or do you want to be on the side that censors and omits and neglects and fails to hear their fellow citizens, their fellow human beings? I, I urge my friends on the left. I urge my friends on the far left. I urge my friends who vote religiously Democrat for a side of, uh, and, and group of people who will use the word inclusion like they drink water. Be more inclusive. Be better about this. There are lots of crazy conservatives. There's a lot of crazy Democrats and, and liberals. I get it. Every side of the aisle has, have, have, has crazy ideas who 
sometimes is just not palatable, right? I get it. But when Matt Walsh makes a documentary with these questions that are interesting and, 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 and intriguing and concerning, and if you can't answer those questions, there's a problem there. So I encourage you to watch this documentary with good faith. Try to shield yourself from the idea that this is a Daily Wire conservative documentary. I get it. It's, you know, that preconceived thing. Is, it's hard for me to shake, too. You go into this knowing he's a conservative who doesn't like trans people or the, the transgender movement. It's, that's tough to shake because you know there's a bias there. But that doesn't negate the content and the, the, the conversations that, he, that he's had with medical professionals and therapists and psychiatric um, professionals within this documentary that, that really are eyebrow-raising. Um, we have to agree on reality. We have to have an understanding of what the truth is and, and make the best medical decisions for people that help people in the best way and, and try to prevent a larger suicide rate. Try to address this, this, this surge in depression and anxiety. Figure out what is the right way for social media to interact with us in our daily lives. How do we get past this massive hump of frustration and anger and division? Is it by calling each other bigots and racists and transphobes? No. No, it's not. It's by watching documentaries and content like this on every side of the aisle and extrapolating the information, doing the research, listening to the data, listening to the science that comes out of it, and being judicious about how, do we, how we apply it and how we care for those who we care about, our fellow human beings. This topic is tough. It's really tough. So I encourage everyone to grab a drink. And find it within your heart to listen to different sides, different perspectives. And come have a glass of whiskey with me sometime. I'm Alan. And I'm Grant. Thank you for listening to The Kogan Conversation. This podcast is about engaging with different perspectives, values, and ideas. We want to learn how to progress conversations on important topics without assuming the worst in each other. Each month, we will tackle a new topic while enjoying a glass of our favorite spirit. And shed light on the beauty of good conversation. Until next time. Cheers.